Hello there, dear listeners. Welcome to Startup Kitchen Talk, where we discuss stir-frying of startup life. This is the second part of our episode with Andrei Bartosz from Credo Ventures. If you haven't heard that one yet, the episode one, the Phantom Menace with Andrei Bartosz, I strongly encourage you to go and hear it, but, you know, uh, whatever suits you. Bon appétit. up on the cheerleader hype um do you sometimes feel that some vcs act like sheep you know sure yeah four four how is it four four legs good two legs better yeah sure mm-hmm. absolutely i do yeah i know many of them many of them in person <laughs> yeah, yeah i definitely there's no doubt I like turn off the mic and tell me no no, no. <laughs> well I, i i can't do that and also like it's it's not always like a black and white situation yes. black or white situation it's not like uh, you know we are all white and and some are all black but We definitely we do see you know sheepish um um acts um from other vcs i hope i hope not credo but uh but credo um, creates this quality stamp very often like people think is there credo okay i want to jump in it, it it's just as There's this, the narrative be. is it that where's credo, there's good due diligence. There is a good quality. And people are, at least I think that some VCs are jumping and in some investment, not just because there is a credo in, but there is this factor and, and it's hugely important. In some cases and for some people, I suppose we can play this role and, you know, we can... How does we that can make you signal, feel? Well, v- v- hugely responsible. So yeah. I, I think uh, I think uh, it makes us want to keep doing what we've been doing even better and and more thorough and more diligently. So I I am aware that it sometimes may um, we sometimes may play that role and and we should strive to play that role um you know for as for as long for as long as as possible like yeah. we, we just have to be good at what we do um because if if we're not we would we would lose that right yeah. and uh it's a it's a good stamp I, i wouldn't i mean i would still prefer if everybody else um do their diligence properly and not rely on on credo but uh do you feel that you should be criticized more to you know not be um on this such a high vc high ground um and that people will be more cautious so i i don't think we should be criticized more <laughs> I think we should definitely be criticized whenever we deserve a criticism. That's that's for sure. Like if if someone criticizes Credo or or me personally or or you know any of my colleagues and we deserve to be criticized then that's great because it it like 
Doesn't it, it affect us... your ego sometimes? Or are yeah, you always I mean, like yeah, sure. accepting it like, yeah, okay, criticize me? No, I mean, I don't think we should always like um, immediately accept criticism. We should sure. always reflect. Like we should always think about what we're being criticized about and sort of think and discuss whether it's a fair criticism or whether it's, you know, envy or hatred or whatever. And do you have um, some steps how to approach criticism? Like, you know, take a step back, do a analyst or just, you know. No, no, we do not have like a formalized framework. No, I meant uh, you pers- personally, if you are ever like, okay, I need to step back and form my opinion or are you able to reflect upon that like right away that i don't know i i can't tell you i hope i hope i am able to do that like step back think reflect self reflect um we should ask the family is, like yeah but that's <laughs> something that's something other people have to say yeah, like that's i true. i can't i i hope i do I, i'm I certainly am aware of, you know, some years in my life when I was not able to do that. Um, I, I was a lot more arrogant and douchey than than I am now. But you know, look, What's I'm changed? almost. I'm almost fifty. I have, you know, I'm a lot calmer. Fifty people, a fifty-year-old guys or girls can be can be douchey cocky. And yeah, cocky. I know, I know, I know. I guess I'm just trying not to be cocky. Yeah, that's. Uh, but what, is, but I well, might be. I don't shift? know. Um, just uh, I I think some I've people matured. say kids. Some people say you know. Of course, something. like the family. Oh, definitely. Like the family has changed me a lot, like big time. Having kids and like being a role model to someone. Not just PC, just, but you know. That's people. just. That's just. Uh, well. Uh, it's it's both like amazing but then it's it's a huge responsibility like the kid relies on you right so so my kids my wife definitely contributed to that but then generally just a, a lot of um experience and uh and i i've been what i'm i've been doing what i'm doing for a, for a long time already and i and i've seen stuff <laughs> Uh, and I I know people who know people and <laughs> I know people who know stuff, so I I think that all hopefully um, gave me enough like reflection and. and does uh, sport help with that reflection? I can imagine like if you I don't know if you're cocky then you lose a match or something. Does that help or do you think that's a completely different uh, field? It's a, it's an interesting question. I haven't. I haven't given it too much thought, but my my immediate reaction would be that it does not help. I I certainly have seen many cocky sportsmen who won, um, or you know have been winning um, um, consistently, um, and I I suppose there are sportsmen who cheat. Um, um as well as those that are fair i i don't know i don't i don't think those things are connected what sport um 
gives or brings to most people is definitely the competitiveness and the mm-hmm. ambition, right? The 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 will, the desire to win. So in general, in business and in entrepreneurship and in startups, it is it is good to have the ambition to win. Um, and sports sports help there. If they make you a better person or a you know more zen uh, kind of a person, I doubt it. I doubt it. So you're not doing yoga then? And I'm not doing yoga, yeah, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can do um, <laughs> you mentioned... And the- I don't drink matcha tea. And, uh, <laughs> and I usually don't drink uh, flat white. No. There's no connection with flat white and yoga. No? No, maybe coconut milk, flat white, oh, and okay. yoga. Oh, okay. Uh, I have to learn about the white. whole Gen Z thing more. That's not just about Gen Z thing, but let's talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned investment dropping, and there is this you know, belief that the bear is awakening and is um, showing his strength, um, affecting after long period of bull market, there is now this base. Uh, does that affect credit ventures and uh, your investment cycle? Our investment cycle, no. Um, because like venture capital, um, historically and even now, works in 10-year cycles. And, and there's, a, there's a general belief, and I, I believe that as well, that it's a long enough of a cycle to sort of survive crises or recessions. Um, it is not, like it does not apply fully because, you know, it it does matter which part of the VC fund life cycle is hit by the recession. But generally, it is believed that 10 years for VC funds, which is the standard, should be enough to to weather crises. Um, does it affect credo ventures? Yeah. Um, macroeconomic situation just affects business in general. It affects startups, although... I think it is believed that startups should be hit less than, you know, mature companies or old economy companies, you know, manufacturing and or travel during COVID. Sure. It is believed startups should be hit less. They are still hit and they operate in, you know, the same markets as everybody else. So the labor market typically is... is uh, is affected, uh, financing uh, market is, is affected, um, consumers or um, enterprise customers are, are hit. So do you it affects th- us, yes. Yeah. I do sometimes like feel the push to change your focus or whatever you uh, do. No. No. But um, I believe that the fourth fund, you downsized it. Was it 
because crisis coming or uh, did that happen? If only if... we were so smart. No. Oh, well, but you can claim it. it. Actually... Oh, we were in the hindsight, you know. In the hindsight, we <laughs> we could say that it it would be pretty, you know, it would be pretty arrogant of us. Um, we yes, I mean, so our fund three was a hundred million, <laughs> and our fund four is seventy five million, and. We decided to raise a smaller fund, not because we knew there was a crisis coming. We were not as um, visionary there. But we did it because we felt like a hundred million might be too much. Mm-hmm. And if we did another hundred or more, we felt like we would have we would have had to go, you know, expanded geography or start doing larger investments, biggest checks, bigger checks, later stages. And we just simply didn't want to do it. We just wanted to stay where we feel we're good, which is the earliest earliest stage um, where the story begins, pre-seed, seed. Um, even even Series A is is usually too late for us. So we wanted to stay early. We wanted to stay in our geo, and that meant that we just modeled a, a fund that was sixty to seventy five, and we mm-hmm. ended up raising seventy five. So it was a conscious decision, but we were not uh, visionaries who who knew crisis was coming. Yeah, but you were trendsetters, weren't you? Some other funds are, you know, doing the same thing. Do you feel they have the same reasons? Uh, I, I think most of them probably have different reasons. Most of them are downsizing their funds because of the crisis um, and because they're, they might not be able to raise as much money. Um so I would I would not um I would not see us as trendsetters because I don't think those other funds do it because of credo. Yeah, but they but have But they that, do it for other reasons. But they have the credo argument, right? We were, look at credo, they did yeah, it we, also. We were just uh, yet another time when we were lucky enough that we did something that in the hindsight just proved to be right um and i'm i'm super happy we did it but i i think we were we were you know we were lucky rather than too smart nice thanks uh we already talked about bear dogs sheep skin towers i believe um let's take one more animal uh was also already mentioned and that is the unicorn um, what do you think about the chasing of the unicorn status? Big valuation, big PR. Do you think that chase makes sense? I mean, <laughs> you're asking hard questions. Sorry. <laughs> um, so I think I think a unicorn is is yet another label, right? Like it's a it's it's a billion dollar um, company 
it's a it's a very nice number it's a large number it's a round number but it's very very arbitrary why why one billion what why not one and a half billion or two billion or you know 578 million it's it it is it is an arbitrary number and it's a it's a label it's a it's a cool label that got um you know publicly um known because it's a simple label mm. as well 1 billion dollars um chasing companies that can grow to 1 billion dollar value i feel is is logical is sensible Not just the companies, i would love i mean the status for the startups themselves if like if if they are chasing the status then it's not the right thing um what like who's devaluation the, as much as possible to yeah, get yeah, yeah. The, the, get the, the problem, animal tied up the problem with the simplified uh labeling like being a unicorn or not is that sometimes it it like pushes the companies to try to do it at any price right so to me mm-hmm. for example it is i i always when i when i look at a unicorn company i also always look at how much they how much money they raised because you know it is much easier to be a unicorn when you raise 700 million dollars than if you raise 70 million dollars or if you if you become a unicorn company with no funding like how awesome is yeah. that and then how awesome is to build a company that's valued 100 million with no funding isn't it better than becoming a unicorn with 700 million in funding there are unicorns currently in the market that are worth i don't know 3 billion dollars but they raised 2 million dollars uh, 2 billion dollars like i mean i'm i'm not suggesting it's easy but it's much easier than create a 100 million dollar yeah. company with no funding so i i feel like the trap of the simple labeling is the people don't view the whole picture you know I feel that the uh, that the unicorn status uh was affected by the crisis the most so far because they used to be rare in the past and they used to be super common uh, like two or three per day yeah. which is which is crazy and now they are rare again so that's the- they are rarer they're getting rarer and that's good that's good okay. that's great like uh I mean we work lost its unicorn status but we work like I mean we work is public now but uh mm-hmm. but we work yeah we work's value now is like 380 yeah. million and they raised i don't know how many billions right so that's with sad. so many names jumping on that bed yeah right exactly away. exactly so that's 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 relevant not just if it's a unicorn 1 billion dollar company but also how much they raised how long did it take them you know how how uh stable is their business if they're able to make profit or you know, is their founder, all those... you know a psychopath or yeah is yeah. the 
Like, I mean, I, I'm, I'm still not sure. I am not sure. saying he's a... I'm still not sure if he's oh, yeah, a psychopath, not, but he might be, probably. Uh, it's about know. Holmes, though. Holmes? Probably. Probably, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't like to share, like, having her as a roommate at all. Probably not. No. Uh, too dangerous, yeah. Like, <laughs> getting to the psychology of uh, startup founders, uh, you once said that um, that the VC, that the investor should sometimes act like a therapist, which would yeah. be super hard working is with, you know, Adam or with Elizabeth Holmes. That uh, would be beyond my expertise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, if we drop the psychopaths, um, how do you do that? Where do you set the boundaries? Like, because therapist, you can, you know, I don't know, call them, schedule a meeting to talk about personal stuff. Um, do you do that with your startups? Well, I mean, we we do schedule meetings and we <laughs> talk about stuff. But uh, I think, like, you, you can't you can't apply the optics of a professional psychotherapist, of course. right? Yeah. What I meant that would be was, dangerous. yeah, that would be dangerous. I, I don't want to walk that path and I'm no, in no way qualified to, to provide therapy. But what I meant was that the investor sometimes is pretty much the only person who may come as close as possible to understanding how the founder feels. The investor typically knows the founder's business quite well. He knows what the ups and downs of the business are. He knows some other people in the company. And, you know, being a founder can get a bit lonely, um, even in situations when there are two or, th or more founders. But it can get pretty lonely, especially in, like, tough times. And the investor might be like the the best person to to talk to and um not necessarily only about the business but also about you know how the founder feels or you know what what his relationship is like these days because it's all relevant like the the founders are are instrumental for the success of the found, of the startup so everything around the founders is relevant are you and think do you think that you're good with um, in reading people i don't know if i'm good i really really try to be um do you work on that skill like trying to not, get better not systematically. I feel like, like, am I working on that skill? Well, I believe that this is a skill that comes with experience. So in that sense, I am always working on it because I, I, I gain more and more experience. Am I consciously, systematically working on that skill? No. Were you ever disappointed? Yes. Yeah, but some star Definitely. founder that looked amazing. Definitely. And maybe oh, played yeah, a little God. theater on you. Oh, yeah, I can write a book. No, really? Uh, <laughs> well, I, I definitely misread people in the past, yes. And, and some people are great at hiding their weaknesses. And, and uh, some people, 
you know, when I said that the ecosystem has evolved and there's so much information now out there, it can also play against us. Um, founders now have a lot more information about what is good to say, how, you know, how to act, you know, how to pitch, you know, what body lang language they should have and everything. So it what is to wear. what to wear, you know. Um, so, yeah, sometimes every now and then we, we do meet a good actor or, you know, someone who can hide um, the weaknesses very well and we can misread the people. The way, like, the only possible way for us to tackle it is to, to sort of try to be better at this and to spend more time with the founders before we invest. You know? Like go it's, on holiday it or... Should, go on holiday, I would I would probably not. And I'm, I guess I'm too conservative and old for that, but it's too adventurous. But, uh, but like not invest after one meeting, but at least experience a couple of different situations like a dinner kind of a situation mm -hmm. drinks kind of a situation coffee kind of and then working meeting so it's it's about spending more time and um and try and read the the founders better not dropping names but could you describe uh some use case some scenario when you were disappointed like uh that how did the founder strike you at the beginning and what happened? Like, uh, how did they un they unmask themselves and show the real, uh, real self? I would, uh, this could be a little uncomfortable situation okay. for me to, to describe and, um, and also maybe for the people um, that I would mention because I'm pretty sure they would recognize themselves okay. in it, but um, but like on a on a on a very general level, you know, in one case, you know, I invested in a founder who kept away from me a very important and relevant information about the company that I unveiled a week after I invested, and. I, you know, he, he was claiming it was unintentional, but I couldn't help. Did you feel betrayed? I felt betrayed. I, I felt lied to, although like he or she never explicitly lied, but I did feel yeah. lied to. So I, it, it was a, it was a bit of a broken relationship from the very beginning I invested in a guy who I thought was the most honest guy on earth and charming and charismatic and he turned out not to be as mm -hmm. as truthful straight yeah. and yeah do you think that uh, the startups should um like tell VCs their weaknesses like okay I am working so much it almost it's almost killing me or you know maybe I have trouble sleeping do you think that they should be what is the level of honesty there? Well, that's a very good question 
I don't think there's a right answer or wrong answer for that matter. I feel personally that they should probably not go into such detail pre-investment. Um, like I'm, I'm, I'm having troubles to sleep. Like I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think I need to know that. But after the investment, back to the almost psychotherapist uh, kind of a model, I feel like they could share. Yes, like the. The bottom line there is the investor, after we invest in a startup, our interests with the founders are perfectly aligned. Mm -hmm. We want the startup to succeed. So they can share anything with us. The good, the bad, the ugly, you know, the ugliest, <coughs> scary shit, they can Trust us, because we will always try for for the scary stuff to to be solved, to to go away or something. Because we will always put the startup success and the founder success in the first place. And did ever some startup is ask you to help them with some personal matter? Yeah, 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 those things do happen. Um, and sometimes we can help and sometimes we cannot. Yeah. But uh, Or recommend yeah. a person. Yeah, 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 yeah. And is there a founder uh, that you would like to share a room with uh, in college? If you can choose yeah. any from the history, you don't yes. need to... I can imagine, like, I'm, I'm just thinking about a number, but... I can in my in in our portfolio I can definitely see a double digit number of oh, founders that I would then. I would happily share a dorm room with. They're smart, they I don't know how much they sting. I've never <laughs> shared a room with anybody in our portfolio, but but I can definitely imagine that. I was yes. kinda scared that you say you're gonna say that you never shared a room in your life. That would be like... Oh I I have. In those college years, we we already mentioned the dark side of startup life, the possible loneliness, mm -hmm. the burnout, etc. And it's, in my perspective, it is not much talked about. There are some fuck-up nights, but they usually tackle the funny things that got solved, etc. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was a... I had this huge issue, but I end up winning the situation, and now, audience, please laugh. <laughs> and yeah, I see you laughing right now. I'm so glad I did not say it. It was you. It was you. It was you. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like... Uh, The fuck-up stories and fuck-up nights and failure stories um, always sort of end up turning out to be, you know, stories about, look how awesomely yeah, I managed stories, this, you know, pretty bad situation, but look at how awesome I was, you know. It's those are not the real fuck up stories. No, no, it um, And people still don't share um, those real fuck up stories enough. Um, yeah, they should. I, 
but it's hard like because the the real fuck up stories usually have a certain element of you know silliness and yeah. foolishness of the of the protagonist so can you share a fuck up story of yours um like i mean i i i already have shared this story but i i invested in a company in 2007 that turned out to be irrelevant after iphone launched and yeah. uh the whole ecosystem of you know app store and and um and so forth so that's something i've shared before i invested in a in a founder that turned out to be a bipolar person um so you know i can't even blame him too much um i guess i cannot blame myself too much either because there's i don't think there's a way for a for a normal person um who did not study um that to recognize that mm -hmm. someone is bipolar um i've definitely made uh wrong investment decisions but um but it's hard to me it's hard for me to recall the the bad investments because i in order to stay mentally healthy i i i sort of try forgetting about these mm -hmm. it know. doesn't have to be investment right it can be because do you personally do you believe in work life balance do you oh, like because now we're talking gen z yes yeah, let's do it let's do it I, i'm 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 ready now <laughs> it's a do you believe that there is a work life balance that you can you know like turn up your computer and go surfing i i believe you can turn off your computer and, and go surfing turn off it your is computer it is definitely surfing. possible um is it possible for andre bartos to turn off computer and go surfing and somewhere without the internet without the emails and calls so so i don't surf so it's not possible unfortunately my uh, my daughter think my my daughter surfs um so i i think it's definitely possible it it can be done i myself i don't feel the need for being offline ever mm -hmm. i don't feel the need of setting myself days of no email i don't i don't have the need and quite frankly i don't understand the need i love what i do i i love my job i feel like work is so much a part of my life that for me work life balance you can you can scratch off work and life and you just have balance my life is well balanced I don't I don't understand work life balance that's the real truth. And how about family work? I love balance. my family as well. Yeah, and but you can't be, you know, present with family. I can definitely be present with family. And be online all the time. I uh, mean, why not? Why not? Well, like, because I mean, sometimes the 
kids or family requires your full attention. That's for sure, and that's when they have the have it. Okay, in, in and on case, those on those, you know, <laughs> short, short moments, <laughs> I, you know, they have my undivided attention, and uh, you know, sometimes it can be, it can be a full day, yes, but does it need to be a week? No. Yeah, but They nobody sleep says it as needs well, to be right? a week, right? Nobody says it needs to be a month. There is no work-life balance. There is nobody saying it needs to be 50-50. It can be 90 to 10 if that works for you. No, I just, I And really, sleep. the thing is, I really don't understand the concept. Um, I, I feel that it should the perfect situation for a person is to do like have a job that they really like and it doesn't matter if it's a vc or startup or you know anything else you know safeguard or you know lifeguard or you know i don't know shop assistant but they should really like what they do and as long as they like what they do They, they don't need work-life balance because, you know, everything is life and, you know, everything or most things can be work as well. So does your surfing daughter agree with that? Yeah, I think so. And like, look, I, you know, when, when we would go surfing, theoretically, I don't surf, but let's say I do and we go surfing. It's amazing you should try. And... I, on, when, as we're leaving for surfing, something very important comes up at work, I will tell my daughter, look, something important came up. I have to work now. And I, I assume her reaction will be, dad, that's okay. Of course, but there's some boundaries, right? Of course, that no. if something important if there's happens, important stuff, then I have to work. But you need if to be the no. judge of the what is important and what is not. If it's uh, another Slack message, Slack messages about I don't know newsletters for next Monday, and it can wait, and it is not as important, you can still go surfing, right? So it's, it's still a balance. Sure. sure. But it's not, you know, because I see that that is a balance for you that you created yourself. Yeah, I think I think it's very individual. I, I, I do think this is person by person. Um, but I think often work-life balance translates as, you know, no work weekends and, you know, offline vacation and, you know, I'm leaving my computer at home for two weeks yeah. because, and I, I, I do not understand that. What you're saying makes sense. Yeah, people should not, people should probably not work all the time unless they're in startups and they want to change the world because in order to change the world, you do have to work hard. Do you, so you personally, you, you are never close to some kind of burnout. So when I was young and when I started my business, um, um, burnout didn't exist. So I didn't have the option. No, I'm, I'm kidding, of course. But, but when I 
Like in the 90s or early 2000s, people didn't get burnt out. Oh, uh, ask Kurt a, Cobain. Kurt Cobain, a, right. It's better to burn out than to fade away, right? So he definitely didn't yeah, but, burn out in the 90s. Yes, But that's not what he meant. He no, meant literally. He meant literally, And he did yeah. commit a suicide. He was mentally ill. So and an addict. And an addict. Yeah, drugs didn't help, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. But so... But, like, <laughs> I feel like um, um, I shot a counterattack and I didn't mean to. <laughs> no. So... The the answer to your question is no. I I I have never experienced a burnout, and uh, and in my early years um, of like hustling around, um, I I think I I was working pretty hard. Um, I do remember you know more than a hundred hours a week um, mm -hmm. um, work. Um, and uh, and we did occasionally sleep in the office, I never felt close to a burnout. I, I always did what I liked and uh, yeah. It's very lucky and, and very positive. But when you are now working with some uh, young startups or you feel that, that burnout and work-life balance it's, is a topic now, Do you sometimes, like, how, how do you approach them? How do you talk to them when you disagree with them, but they are your founders? Like, I'm close to burnout. I don't know what to do. I work too much. It costs me my personal life. It costs me my health, which happens very often to founders. Like, how do you, because you have different approach in your personal yes. experience. So how do you, um, how do you pro yeah, approach yeah, yeah. them? I understand the question. I am certainly in in such situation. I'm not as direct as mm -hmm. as I've been with you here. I'm not close to burnout, uh, so I'm okay. So you're <laughs> fine. You're fine. Yeah, I can tell. Um, uh, so I I guess careful, not brutally candid, um, but I I do try talking to them like i mean i do tell them what i what i think is true that they have to make their choices that they have to think what is it that they really want like do they really want to be in this startup thing because the startup thing is hard it's not it's not a smooth sailing it's it's not always you know a sunny day it's yeah. it, it is kind like of movies. a roller coaster so Yeah. Do they really want to do this? And if they do, then you know they should they should prepare for sleepless nights and uh, and a little bit of stress or quite a bit of stress. And they either you know survive it and prove the resilience, or or they don't. And it's an option. I I do tell them that it's sometimes better to take two weeks off and go someplace nice. Um, Um, which can give them more energy and 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 also perspective um, as they come back, and almost no issue or problem is as urgent that it yeah. wouldn't wait two weeks. So, 
I have, in the past, I have recommended a vacation to founders. So you prescribe them a medicine that you don't, because you I, don't need it, right? Listen, I talk to them. It's, I, I am, I am hardly ever strongly prescriptive. There are, I have, I know many VCs, um, that are very prescriptive and they tell founders you have to do this you know in order to succeed you, you have to do this you have to lower the price you have to build this and i am hardly ever like that i'm i i almost never prescribe i talk to them and i tell them what i believe is is best and i tell them what i would do probably or what I would consider smart doing or reasonable doing, as in the case of a vacation, I hardly ever tell them, go, mm -hmm. go have a vacation. But um, you mentioned that you would recommend them like to reconsider their career if they're sure. not doing well in the, um, you know, in the, in the sector, uh, working as hard as they do. Would you be really able to do so um, and recommend this to a founder that you already put your money? Yeah. In? Yeah, really? Of course. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's always on the table. Okay. And the way, and it, it's not theory. We've done it. We've discussed this mm -hmm. with, with founders. And the sort of fallback scenario may always be return the rest of the money to the investors and, and you know, let's call it a, a day, let's call it a, a done. Or we can find someone else to, to lead mm -hmm. this startup. Maybe, maybe, your, maybe your CRO or head of sales, maybe, you know, your technical co-founder may, may lead this, you know, there's, Almost always there's optionality. And, and the bottom line here is uh, people shouldn't be doing things that don't make them happy, you know, even if I invested in them. Um, because when, when they're not happy, then they cannot yeah. create awesome, you know, they cannot change the world if they're unhappy. So it's, it's, always, it's always on the table. We already mentioned the uh, music industry very shortly with Kurt Cobain. Uh, what do you think that it is some, you know, pop culture in, uh, industry or music or, I don't know, movie? Do you think that there's something similar to the startup VC industry? Well, I mean, you know, historically, um, Angel the first angel investors were like in the 19th century in, in France, in Paris, and they funded the, the shows, the burlesques and everything. Those are, those are the original, those are the OGs of, of angel investors. So I guess, and I, I guess financing of movies might be in a way similar or other artists. Um, I've read this book by uh, Michael Ovitz, who was um, one of the 
most famous agents in Hollywood. So, um, so he founded this company CAA, which is like number two talent agency in in Hollywood. And the way he talked about sort of talent management is actually quite similar in a way to, yeah, to if, venture capital. And if so, it doesn't make you happy, don't do it. And that's okay. that's for sure, yeah. Uh, you went, because you were entrepreneurial, uh, businessman yourself. I'm not going to say the word, I can't. Entrepreneur. Try it. Try entrepreneur. It. Entrepreneur. 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 No, entrepreneur. It, entrepreneur. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you won this one. Uh, you were entrepreneur. Uh, you were businessman yourself. Sure. Um, you, why is asking questions better than answering them? You always said that you like the investor life better. Yeah, yeah, what, I do. what part is that better in the asking question instead of, you know, saying yes, no, sir? I think, like, it, it's not, I can't say that it's better, but it's better for me. Yeah. Because I cannot answer the questions as well as I can ask them. It's, it's just my nature. I cannot do things better. I cannot build teams i cannot you know build and execute on plans but i can spot flaws in plans i can you know guide and ask the right questions when it comes to hiring and building teams it's just it's just something i, I discovered pretty early on that i'm better at challenging than executing that mm -hmm. i'm better at asking than answering um but that's just me um, and if not investor what would you be what would be your i would probably be i think oh that's interesting i would probably be an astronaut or the president or i really like your <laughs> modesty aiming for the moon no i then you get the height of astronaut no no, no. I would. Oh, that's rude. That's not rude. No, <laughs> no but you would be. You, I don't you, have the weight of an astronaut. You no I'm no too no. Fat for that. I. Uh, have I you think seen astronauts? There are no, no, no. They're tiny. No. Yes. S Scott Kelly isn't tiny. What's it? I, I, hope I don't know her. No no. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think I would probably be a consultant. Yeah. Which is a pretty lame answer. And also, I don't think I hugely respect too many consultants, but, uh, but I think that that's, that's who I'd be. And since we are in the startup kitchen, I'm about to ask. Uh, you said that you don't Asian, really cook. Asian food. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> so glad you added the second uh, word. Oh, okay. oh God. Uh, never mind. No, I meant, what is the weirdest thing you ever ate? You eaten? Uh, probably a cricket. A cricket? Mm. That's not like a, it wasn't yeah. a it grilled one. It's yeah, just uh, chips. Uh, no, not a grilled one, but like fried, fried one. Fried one? Yeah. yeah. It tastes like chips. I, I, yeah. I ate one. It was no, like... it tastes like um, nuts or almonds yeah. or something. But it's the idea of eating a cricket that uh, that's weird. So that's the weirdest. 
Maybe I, that's the future. Uh, maybe it's the future. I think future is more like artificial. I don't see I don't see much reason why like growing crickets when you can no, there's so make many it artificially insects we and just... we've invested in a cultivated yeah, meat uh, startup called Muri. Um I have never tasted anything weirder than that. I hope. Although I was I spent some time in Japan and I've eaten all kinds of stuff that I really don't know what it was because Japanese kitchen Japanese cuisine actually is very untransparent very often you eat stuff that you don't know what it is is it fish is it you know seaweed is it meat so I don't know maybe I've eaten something weirder that I don't know about Um, if, from my experience, Japanese cuisine was the best, but I had a similar experience with I didn't know what I'm eating at all in China. And um, after that, oh, I was doggy. Told, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not ready to publicly uh, announce what okay, uh, okay. what I've eaten in China. <laughs> but but uh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> For reminding me. <laughs> For reminding yeah, me of those yeah. guys. Good, good times. Good China times. But I have a one last question because I asked ChatGPT, like, what happened technology-wise? What happened in 2010? Classic question. You know, apart from found, credo founding, it's year of iPad launch. Right. And it's a year of Instagram launch as well. Was it 2010? That's interesting. Oh, well, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. What is the right. like biggest technology surprise you you personally witnessed since 2010? Uh Well, I mean, maybe it's uh it's the bias of recency, but uh but I would I would I would have to say ChatGPT yeah. like that that was That was a surprise because it stroked so 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 quickly. Like I mean, I even like people who who follow the space, we have like experimented with AI and and the predecessors of, of Chat GPT before, but what what chat gpt brought all of a sudden was just breathtaking so that was that was a surprise and um and other than that um other than that i don't know i'm i'm trying to think hard but then again it's the bias of of ipad you mentioning ipad i i guess I watch um, the success of what I watch was mm-hmm. quite a surprise for me because I was pretty skeptical at first. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I mean, the success of the the commercial success of iWatch is a surprise to me because I I was pretty skeptical at first. I did buy. The first I watch, of course, I I have to and buy la- everything. And I, I do as I see. I do have the latest one, 
But I was very skeptical about uh, the mass adoption. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't have imagined that people would settle with you know small display as opposed to like fashion. But it it did become a fashionable thing, yeah. which was surprising. Uh, surprisingly, Apple almost always does. Yeah, became the fashionable standard. Yeah. One more question I wanted to ask because you. You seem that you always take the new tech. You always try. You try experiment with it. You try to learn about about it, even though it's um, something that you feel skeptical at first. Mm, is there some like new tech that you th you feel like, yeah, this is too much. This TikTok, Instagram, real stuff. That's too much for me. I don't care about that at all. I'll leave that to um, to my kids. So I had that feeling. With Be Real, I did not get Be Real. I, I need to do Be Real with you when we... Um... I installed it, tried it, hated it, uninstalled it. Um, and I was like, I'll, I'll leave this up to my kids. But then Be Real, I feel like, has become irrelevant almost. Um, or at yeah. least that's what the charts show. So I might have been right there. Uh, you think Be Real is the next... What was the name? Oh, Clubhouse. Clubhouse. Of course it is. Is it? <laughs> I, I even forgot the name of Clubhouse. Yeah, exactly. Uh, two years later, gone. It's like Pokemon Go. I wanted to Actually, make Actually, many though. people, many people play Pokemon Go. It's a Still, very... Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, it's just... very successful commercially as well. So. I wanted to... Is that okay if I do Be Real while we talk about Be Real? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry for the sounds, though. That's Amazing. Fine. So this is something that I, I didn't know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do. Andre, thank you so much for uh, being with me today. Thank you so much. My pleasure was mine. Thank you for having me. Well, see you and talk to you next time, hopefully. Next time. Uh, what is it, uh, the take? Be yeah, experimental, experiment with stuff, new tech, and uh, try to find work that makes you happy, that you don't need to leave it for two weeks or more. Thank you very much.